Listening to the flip side with Noah Filipiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grit of life. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Noah Filipiak or at noahfilipiak.com slash give. What up, y'all? What up? Flip upon am I? Shout out to the Flipped Off Club. Joined a new member. A new member. So, Seth. You're you're accompanied by Daniel now. Daniel wrote in, wrote into the podcast, wanted to make sure he got included in the flipped off club subset of the Flip It's an exclusive club. So welcome. Welcome one and all to episode forty-eight of the Flipside Podcast. Quattro Ocho. That actually means four eight. Not 48. I took Spanish in high school for three years. I do know that. And I don't remember how to say 48. But I know that it is not Quattro Ocho. Episode 48, that is. That works too. Welcome. Hey, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're almost a big 5-0. The big, is that the golden anniversary? We'll have to have a big party, a big podcast party uh I, I i need some creative help you can send in your ideas of what we should do to celebrate the episode 50 of the flip side you can write in to the show the best way to do that is podcast at beyond the battle.net but i am on social media because i am a millennial I am one of the first millennials. I'm like a grandfather millennial. I'm 38, and technically, I was kind of sad when I learned I was a millennial. No offense, millennials. I'm one of you. But I was like, yo, I just said like, because I'm a millennial. You know that was one of my rants. I, I literally have a note card. See if you can hear this in the mic. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. I'm flicking the note card that I have taped in front of me and it has the word like on it and then the no smoking sign sort of through it the red x don't say the word like when I say it it it, it is it is like the coronavirus you just can't eliminate it from society no matter how much you try, that was a Noah's rant. It was one of the Noah's rants. <clears throat> Speaking of Noah's rant, ah, yeah, I gave a little ultimatum last time, episode 47. I, I gave a little ultimatum on Noah's rant. I said, yo, 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 listeners, if you want to keep hearing Noah's rant, you got to tell me. I got to hear from the flip side, flip upon I, from the flipped off. You, you got to tell me. If you want to keep hearing Noah's rant, because I'm running out of ideas, I need more ideas, and uh, man, it wears me out. It wears me out. And let me tell you, I called, and you answered. Well, not really. Like, two of you answered. But (laughs) I'm counting each of you. I I think statistically, for everyone that writes into a podcast, represents a thousand people who don't write in, and so I'm just I'm including I'm 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 including the feedback I did get as the masses uh, that that must hear uh, more Noah's rant. 
and and just so you know, I I make up those numbers. I I make up those numbers. This podcast is is not that popular. I mean, it 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 is. It, it my goal is for this to, <laughs> for the flip side to be the most popular podcast called the flip side. That's what I want. Like when you type in the flip side into your podcast finder, that when you type it in, it actually appears on the list. That's my goal. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's not, it's not the only flip side out there. Now my last name is Philippiag. I am, I, I am the only one really that has the right to call a podcast the flip side, but, but there are others. There are others out there. We, we need to, to take them down. Well, I did hear from you, and Noah's rant, I'm, I'm not going to say it's all the way back. I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to promise you things that I that I can't deliver on. But it lives to fight another day. I can't tell you it's going to win it all, but it, it is past, it is, it is, it has went on to the next round. It lives to fight another day. So so let's let's jump into the mailbag podcast at beyondthebattle.net you can reach the show it is mail time mail time all right so i love this email it's from heather i have never written to a podcast before well welcome to the world of writing the podcast Glad you chose the flip side to be your first podcast to write into, but then she writes, oh, wait, I think I did several years ago. Well, you know, at least you're honest. I, I like that. I like that. You, you don't want to you to hold yourself accountable there. All right. Please don't get rid of Noah's rants. They make me feel like there is another person out there who does this when I go over and above about the new colostomy bag that just appeared in the supply room. I am a nurse. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that here in a moment, but let me continue reading. Another reason to continue Noah's rant is Christian leadership needs to not only teach us it's okay not to be serious all the time, but also teach us how. I will end my plea for Noah's rant to continue by suggesting and she gave some wonderful suggestions that I'm not going to read to you because I'm actually going to use some of them. And then when I do, it'll sound like they're my ideas, not Heather's idea. See, that that that's, that's what this is really all about. I told you last time I need writers. When you watch the Jimmy Fallon show, my main competition, honestly, you know, Jimmy Fallon and I, we, we, we go back and forth when it comes to to ratings uh he, he doesn't write all of his own jokes come on he's not that funny he's not that creative he has a whole staff he has a whole team i mean wouldn't you love to work on the jimmy fallon show and write jokes for jimmy fallon he doesn't write those jokes but over here on the flip side it's just me everything you get it's it's coming from my brain well guess what my brain is empty it's out <laughs> it's done it's tapped out so i need you i need the audience to write in to, to write in and send in ideas, which Heather did. So that is fantastic. And uh, Daniel wrote in as well with some ideas as well as wanting to join uh, the Flipped Off. So that's fantastic. Now, now Heather, listen, uh, I, I'm not a nurse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, the definition of a colostomy bag just for everyone to know. 
uh, medicalnewstoday.com. A colostomy bag is a plastic bag that collects fecal matter from the digestive tract through an opening in the abdominal wall called a stoma. Whoa. Okay, Heather, for real. Now, look. I I'm that's a preview. That's a preview for today's Noah's rant. I'm going to leave it there because some of you are friends with Sam and Tova and you just want to get to the interview and Sam and Tova are might be listening to this episode going, "What kind of podcast did we sign up for to be <laughs> to be on?" So I'm going to stop it there uh on that subject, but bookmark bookmark that uh we'll be back for noah's rant today uh, at the end of the show for those of you that have never listened before welcome we do like to mix in the humor here i like to hear from heather that one other person in the universe thinks some of the things on this show are actually funny i cannot guarantee that they all are it's you, you, you cut you shoot a lot of shots in basketball, a few of them go in, and you know, you you call it a day. That's that's kind of how it works around here. We do like to mix in the humor as we talk about very serious things as well, how the reality of the gospel <laughs> I don't know my own tagline connects with the grit of life. That's very close to my tagline. It's not the exact tagline, but it's a paraphrase. It's the message version of the tagline of this show. But, but thank you, Heather. I like to hear the permission, honestly, that you. it's helpful to hear a ministry leader, you know, just being, having fun, trying to be funny, having some humor, a little sarcasm. Uh, that's, that's good for us. We need some of that. We need some of that. So, 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 today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by Angry Brew Coffee. I'm drinking a little Angry Brew right now. Angry Brew is a dark roast, which is my favorite type of coffee, and it has double the caffeine of normal coffee. So check it out, angrybrew.com, also fivelakes.com, when you pick up a bag of Angry Brew or Chris's Blend and use the promo code FLIP, F-L-I-P, you get 10% off. And honestly, you're supporting the podcast. That's what you're doing. You're supporting the podcast. You're sending some love. So if you want some coffee and you want to send some love to the podcast, pick up a bag of Angry Brew or Chris's Blend. Uh, last little bit of announcements before we get started with the interview. I am launching a new BeyondTheBattle.net group. So join in. This will be the last group that we ever do. Ever. You're really in suspense now. Uh, before the new book comes out. So the last book we ever do before the new book comes out, which comes out July 13th. So if you want to get in on a group, you got to do it now. It's going to be Sunday nights starting May 2nd. So depending on when you listen to this, it's starting very, very soon. Beyondthebattle.net. Those are for guys. We do seven weeks online. And you're going to have an awesome journey uh, finding more freedom in your your sexual purity, still a word I like to use. I know that word gets kind of thrown under the bus sometimes, but you're, you know, your battle against sexual sin, we go beyond the battle and uh, you're going to find freedom in Jesus um, when it comes to battling sexual sin. So good stuff. Uh, today I am interviewing Sam and Tova Jones. They are the hosts. They are married and they are the hosts of 
the business of marriage. It is spelled B-I-Z, business of marriage. They are quite active on social media, particularly Tova. Sam will introduce Tova as a social media maven, which is great. She's very active. In, in fact, uh, she really uses her social media as a discussion board for their podcast, talking about all things marriage and as well, uh, singles and the various seasons of life that we're in. So you can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Tova Jones and at Sam Jones 0608. Sam and Tova Jones have known each other for over 14 years from their college days. Married now, married. For now, yes, I am reading this. Married for now seven years, their journey has been one of entrepreneurial pursuits, changes of careers, a kid, and a focus on being driven to impact communities they've been a part of, as they are from different sides of the state of Michigan and are opposites at their cores. They feel life together has made them collectively better. Uh, Sam is a licensed counselor. He's also a pastor. And his counseling practice is called the Wisdom Center. And you can check that out at theprincipalthing.com. I didn't ask Sam about this, but he does do video counseling. And so I'm sure that's something you could track him down about if after you listen, you say, hey, I'd like that guy to give me some counseling. Uh, theprincipalthing.com, or I'm sure you can reach out to Sam on his social media. And really my hope for this is that as you listen to Tova and Sam, they're a ton of fun. I love their podcast, and they have a ton of fun on their podcast. It, they really are a great mix of personality types and just the way God has wired them. Uh, as, as they wrote, they're, they're opposites at their cores, and it really comes out in a fun way. So I'd encourage you to listen to their podcast. You know that I tend to go into droughts on the flip side, how many episodes we do. So when you're in a flip side drought, uh, tune in to the Business of Marriage, B-I-Z, and subscribe and support Sam and Tova. So with that, let's turn it over to our interview as we talk about all things married and single. Hang in there, singles. We got a lot for you in this interview as well. All right, well, I am very pleased to welcome Sam and Tova Jones to the flip side. Thank you so much for being here, both of you. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We're on Zoom right now, like the rest of the world, and uh, the but but in three places. So so uh, we're 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 gonna roll this. I think you guys are my first guest where I've interviewed two people at once. So you're making podcast history here. This is pretty awesome. Woo-hoo. And this is like episode 375 for you or something? Uh, almost, <laughs> almost. This is, what's funny is, so you guys are serial entrepreneurs, you know, you've, yes. and, and I, I am as well. I really am as well. And this is my fifth iteration of a podcast i think wow so so i I, that's not a good thing necessarily i think sometimes (laughs) with you know uh tova you and i might be wired to same i think in one of your episodes you guys talked about this where uh i'm really good at starting things oh yeah and um 
the maintenance of things, yeah, you know, I get bored. Yeah, I get bored a little. Yeah, bit. it has it has a hype for a while, and yeah. then about yeah. six seven months, you're like, um, yeah. I'm bored. I'm I don't bored. want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for a spouse. <laughs> Thank God for a spouse. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank Lord. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, so so the flip side, I this uh oh this is bad. I don't even know off the top of my head. This is like in the forties for episodes of the flip side, uh, but it's on the same thread as a, a some of my old episodes because you know okay. I don't want to. They're like my they're like my babies. I, I even though I don't do them anymore, I don't want to lose them. So they're still they're still on the same thread. So not quite to three hundred seventy five. We'll see if we if we ever if we ever get there, but. Uh, but yeah, so what? So the, the flip side, one of the things about it is we kind of talk about everything. That's one of the reasons I, I switched uh, to, to this format. But, you know, I wrote a book uh, for men on sexual purity, and we talk a lot about marriage uh, and singleness and pornography and purity on the podcast. It's not the only thing we talk about. We talk about kind of a lot of a lot of different subjects, but certainly a lot of my listeners are used to me talking about that and writing about that. So uh, that was one of the reasons I thought it'd be great to have you both on. Uh, I love your podcast, The Business of Marriage, and I thought we could just start there. I'd love for some of my listeners to get exposed to your podcast and check it out to uh, strengthen uh, their marriages and their their walks with God. And so why don't we just start with your podcast, The Business of Marriage, uh, how how did you get? Why did you start a podcast and kind of fill our listeners in on on uh, what kind of stuff you talk about on there? Yeah, yeah. So look, I think we want. I want to start this uh, seven years ago, um, while me and my wife were in the process of of uh, dating and and in the place of engagement. You know, we wanted to out of our both of our design to be. And desire to be creative. We wanted to be these individuals who, you know, talked about our process of going from two to one. And so literally seven years ago, we did a whole YouTube video series and like, Hey, this is some things to think about. These are the things that we're working through, you know, did the whole surprise engagement thing, um, which we'll talk about that later. And the, and then interviewing other couples who have been for a couple years just like that. And and so in that process, we got started with these things, but then life hit, right? Talk about changing careers and jobs, talk about starting businesses. You add, you, you spoke into the serial entrepreneurial piece. Um, then, you know, several years later, uh, again, changing careers again, meeting lots and tons of people in the community who were very influential and in mentoring us. And we paused, we hit pause. And we're like, you know what? We got to get through some life and we got to get through some stuff that's going on in our life. But all those things were like teaching points and experiences. And so when we desired to come back into this frame of, you know, working together and, and, and talking about our experiences in life and also talking about other people's experiences, also with me being a therapist and my wife being a social media maven, as I call her, (laughs) You know, there's these things where we're like, you know, there's a lot of experience and information that we can share to communities that we have a lot of uh, impact in and a lot of support in, but also to share to the greater community in the world mm-hmm. just about people who often cases are, are business people like us and have dreams and have desires and have visions, but also are just trying to figure out their marriage. 
and trying to figure out how to talk about things that sometimes are cliche or talk about things that sometimes are like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't say that or shouldn't share that. But in many cases, we internalize stuff, man. And when we internalize stuff and don't talk about it, you're only living and operating based off of expectations that you don't say and don't share mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the course of marriage and with other people. And so that is where you just initially we came up with this idea and thought process um, of the business of marriage. Now that's Samuel's explanation. My wife's might be totally different. <laughs> <laughs> so, so babe, what, what do you, what it, add to that, honey? What do you think about why did we come up with the business of marriage? I think also too, it was, it was a type of therapy um, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast idea came about right after I had my daughter. So I was kind of going through, um, you know, the postpartum, um, I don't want to say depression, but postpartum woes. And I think as my husband, he knows that I love all things creative. I love talking and arts and all of that stuff. And I think he saw me in a place and was like, I think, you know, if we do this podcast, not only can we help other couples about what we're going through and sharing our story and talking about what we've been through. I think it'll also help you, you know, come out of what you're in as well. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, Noah, it took us a long time. It was a point of contention in our marriage because he was ready to move, bought all the stuff, <laughs> got all of the, the mics and then and all the, the switchboards and everything. And I just wasn't ready. And so probably about, you know, when my daughter turned one, um, we were ready to get it going. Yeah. So what type of uh, topics do you dive into on the business of marriage? Listen, we <laughs> we talk about almost it all. So nice. we talk about business due to the fact that our whole marriage, we've been entrepreneurs. So between the seven years of marriage that we have, we've probably had about five or six businesses. So that will let you know right right there. Um, So we talk about the the lessons that we learned in business, what to do and what not to do, especially when you're in business as a couple. Um, It's just some things that you can and cannot do or should not do. Mm -hmm. And we try to um, give insight to that, especially in a generation where entrepreneurship is praised. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not an entrepreneur, you feel left out. (laughs) So we talk about all of those things. And then we also talk about what to do when you're waiting, when you're dating and when you're married. So Mm -hmm. we kind of hit all of those aspects of marriage and waiting and dating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So when you guys, so talking about marriage, uh, you know, I've been married for, well, this June will be 17 years. So, wow. Yeah. Let's yeah. Noah. Yeah. Noah yeah. And his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife's Jennifer, uh, she, Jen, and her birthday was yesterday. So shout oh, out to Jen, uh, birthday. And it is crazy. Yeah. You know, we started dating in college and wow. uh, we got married right after college. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's part of my my journey. And I, I talk about that in, in the book as well. And some uh, some unrealistic expectations that I took <laughs> okay. into yeah. marriage uh, and and how unrealistic expectations backfired, you know, and, and uh, we, we had a very rough, uh, particularly first three years of marriage. I, I write about how. I wanted a divorce, and uh, you know, I was in a, a really dark spot as a as a Christian. I was um, I was really discontent, and you know, struggling with uh, with 
kind of really really being being allured by a promiscuous lifestyle that I that I uh, by God's grace did not pursue, but I was close. And uh, really, the first half of our marriage, I would say, the first you know I don't know eight or nine years, my my view of love it was it was pretty selfish. I I loved my wife, but in the type only with the the type of love I knew. And that was a type of love where I always got something back. I got something out of the deal. And uh, I'll say it's a lot more freeing when you you learn to love your spouse for who they are as a person, um, not for what you can get back, well, not for whether that's uh, sexually often uh, or just uh, I want this thing to change or, you know, they do this thing that bothers me and I don't know. So, so that's a little bit of my story. Um, and uh, it, 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 as I as I reflect on 17 years, it, it really, it really, I think a good summary is is going from selfish love to selfless love. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering. You both have a lot of experience with uh, your own marriage and uh, with with the couples you know that you interact with via your podcasts and and via counseling and. Um, I just give you a little bit of my story to give you a little bit of a backdrop and 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 maybe to to get your to get your your minds going a little bit too but what would you say are some of the some of the biggest marriage uh issues that that you know married couples are are running into today yourself included if you want to if you want to share that or just uh stuff that you run into as you're helping couples out out there yeah, I, I think that just just off the top list, man, you know, from my I'll start from a professional sense first. But from my aspect of being a therapist, man, we have seen I have seen just couples deal with number one communication about every single couple I've seen. That was like their number one thing. It wasn't sex, which is a big one. It wasn't money, which is another huge one. It was communication. It's like, well, this person doesn't understand me. So that means they're not empathetic. This person is controlling, which means I don't really feel safe. This person is dealing with and navigating things from their past history or their own mental illness. And so now I'm trying to figure out what this person's personality is like, for real. Like often cases where they're trying to figure out or we're trying to figure out how to communicate to someone that's that's different than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then let's just take it one, one ounce further. Some people are trying to figure out how to communicate with people who sometimes they are the same as. Hmm. And that can be a, that can be an even more dangerous thing in marriage where you have somebody that's completely the same as you and you're thinking about things. So you struggle to even have conversations or conflict. And so that is that is one of the biggest and one of the most common things um, that are happening in marriage. And I know for me and my wife, even like, in our first talk about first three years of marriage, man, we lost our jobs. No, we quit our jobs. How about mm-hmm. that? We quit our jobs. We wanted to jump into entrepreneurship. We struggled with finances. Thank God we when we when we ran from certain things. Thank God it didn't catch up to us. Like all <laughs> these things that being real, like going through those things, that's hard. You just get married. You're thinking about going on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. We didn't go on a honeymoon until year two. Mm-hmm. And so like some of the decisions that we made out of our aspirations and our dreams came from us not taking the time to communicate at a more in-depth level. Yes, I could help and support my wife emotionally. Yes, she could speak to my my uh, enormous dreams and thoughts and ideas about things and bring some realism to them. 
But then there are often cases, as, as in many cases with other relationships, that they don't navigate and deal with things from a deeper level. And then as you begin to live with somebody that you may or may not have ever lived with, things begin to pop up that are inconsistent with what you first believed. <laughs> and, and, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with failed expectations and then a sensation that you feel like things aren't going the way that you want. Right. Which is in many cases why a lot of marriages don't make it past two, three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. And then and, it's, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I was going to say for so many couples, I think communication is it's one. But I also think about managing expectations. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things that we still work on to this day. Like, how do we manage or express our expectations um, if that's with raising our daughter, our finances? But we see being able to communicate our expectations effectively and then being able to respond in a way that doesn't cause friction or doesn't cause dissension. Um, But at the same time, if there needs to be a discussion or disagreement, we can say, hey, this is how we're handling expectations without, you know, everything getting blown out of proportion. So Mm -hmm. I know for certain, a lot of couples, including ourselves, we we have to learn how to balance, you know, expectations, even when it's something that we don't like, we have to be able to manage that. Yeah. And and I think, Noah, that's like a big thing where like humility is so key in marriage, mm-hmm. like because like me and my wife, like we both have the things that we gonna we gonna stand on. <laughs> we gonna be like this is this is this is what I think and this is what oh, I yes. but, like <laughs> me and my wife was real like about that. And we'll have some we'll have some some good standoffs, you know. But I think <laughs> that that is where when you when because we and my wife both have a relationship with the Lord, we often cases get checked quickly when we, it's like a level of accountability for us. It's like, okay, let me go in my prayer closet. Let me go hang out with the Lord a second, read my Bible and go, 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 go check in. So that way I can come back with some humility and also service to my spouse. Because if I go away for a second in the season, self-soothe in a sense, Mm -hmm. it only is going to help me, when I go back and conversate about something that can become very conflictual, very quick. Mm-hmm. And so that then allows me to be like, okay, what is it that you need in this? How did I say this? How did this come across? What does this mean to you and work that thing out? So that way I don't got to go to bed, you know, extremely angry at you about something that just needed to be, you know, quickly conversated about with understanding and empathy. Right. You know, And that's often cases a key piece for us and key pieces for many people who are in relationship. Yeah, I think that humility and empathy piece is huge when it comes to I've, I've heard you talk a couple times about the importance of talking about things. Yeah. I, I know I got in this habit in my marriage where I thought I, I just kind of thought, OK, my wife is doing this thing that I don't like or that I disagree with or whatever, you know, one of those things. And I I honestly thought I was just kind of spiritual enough to gut it out. Like, 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 I don't, I don't need that from her. So I can just gut it out with like, God, God will give me the strength I need. Uh, you know, his love will sustain me. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not saying, I mean, God's love will sustain you, but, but, but the problem is it, 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 my, my, what my habit was is I would just stuff those things under the carpet and I, act like I wasn't going to get all resentful about it. And then I would, and it, and it wasn't even a conscious choice. I just 
got resentful, right? And it, it built up over time. And when that resentment built up, man, that takes me to a really dark place, you know? And, and so, and we, uh, my wife and I, we just, we just finished a, a pretty long round of marriage counseling uh, earlier this year. And I recommend that for couples. It's not like married ca- marriage counseling is only for like after somebody cheats or, you know, when you're about ready to get a divorce, it's, it's uh maintenance on your marriage is really important. Yeah. And, you know, uh, taking the stigma away from that is, is really important. So, so we are working on some things and I think the biggest thing revealed to me was the need. One of the reasons I wasn't sharing those things was, uh, I, I just wanted to avoid that hard conversation, you know, and, I didn't have the skills, those humility and empathy skills. We we were lacking in those two in the in those things, uh, you know, the humility and the empathy for for when you when you when you're talking to your spouse. And so, uh, let's talk about that a little bit more. Can can either of you give some some tips or advice or examples on, uh, you know, what does humility and empathy look like? And those are two different things, but they they go hand in hand. You kind of you need humility to have empathy for sure. Uh, yeah. But but just some tips. Not everybody's empathetic. Not everybody just naturally is empathetic. But it's a huge man. You've got to be. You've got to have empathy in a marriage when you're you're dealing with stuff. So can you give advice or tips on uh, yeah. for you know somebody that's not good at that or they need that in their marriage on how they can grow in that? Right. I think I'll go because I'm sure mine's gonna be shorter. You know, Sam's a therapist. So he has, he, you know, he has the toolbox to go to go to dig in and give you the the real, you know, textbook answer. But for me, um, for someone who has to lives this out with the therapist, uh, I would say that you have to be okay with um, being wrong. Number one, mm-hmm. I think. You married this person because you love them. You have their best interest at heart. And I think you have to be willing to always keep that at the forefront of whatever you do. So even if you can't always say, I feel what you feel, or I I empathize with what you're going through, no matter what, I love you and I have your best interest at heart. So what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, my actions, the steps that I'm taking should always reflect that. That's that's number one. I think number two is, once again, not being afraid to be wrong and be vulnerable because, once again, your spouse is supposed to love you and have mm-hmm. your best interest at heart. So you have to be vulnerable in order to be humble, in order to be wrong, because... Mm-hmm. No one likes to be wrong. So I think just working and building on the relationship where everyone feels safe, where everyone feels valued, allows those conversations to transpire because it's like, I know you won't throw this back up in my face. I know you're not going to say, I told you so. I know you're not going to make me feel worse, you know? And so I think just creating that space of vulnerability and trust is where you have to start in order for there to be any genuine uh, open communication mm-hmm. of any kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's real. I, And I really would just build off what my wife said. I think there's empathy and, and honesty and, and, and all those pieces are our principles and core values. Um, but then you have to go back to the aspect of trust, right? My wife said, does that person, does your spouse really have your best interests at heart? 
And if you believe they do, um, then you operate differently than you would if you question it. When you question it, you're only going to question everything else. If, if trust is a question, mm-hmm. guess what? It's different to say, do I trust you versus I trust you? A statement versus a question. And when you have those questions in your heart about your spouse, it only is going to add, make you be in a place where you're thinking like, I don't know if they will understand me. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if they are being honest. Are they at work or are they somewhere else? I, I don't know if they are. And when you have questions, it only means that you should begin to have more of an open dialogue right. with your spouse about those things. It's okay because I think here's the thing about spouses. Spouses, whether it's the wife or the husband, especially if you have an observant one in your family, are often going to look at things from a perspective of what do I see versus what is actually happening. Yeah. And when you're seeing those things and you're observing those, especially if you're the observer in your relationship, you know, you're going to question many, many things. Then you have the person that is, you know, um, taking care of their business, doing all the work, especially if they feel like what they do, their work speaks for itself. That person probably is not going to be as verbal. And when they're more based off of action and desire and things of getting things done, then that person's always going to feel like, well, I do so much and I give Mm. so much to the family that why am I being questioned? Mm. Right. Mm. You often have that going on in a relationship. You have that go on in in me and my wife's relationship, often cases, the observer versus the person that's the doer. And then sometimes we switch roles. And so as it relates back to empathy and honesty and all those aspects, the key piece there is, okay, when you have an open dialogue with someone, it really is, Number one, believing that, okay, we both have each other's best interests at heart. So we're open enough to sometimes know that if this conversation has an edge to it, if it feels like it's going to be hurtful a little bit, I trust that you are not trying to be my enemy. That's yeah. number one. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta trust. Hi, it's my baby's in there. Um, <laughs> I trust that my, I trust that you're not my enemy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not my enemy and that we're going to have an open conversation, I believe that you're going to have my best interests at heart. Let's just start there with the ground layer. And, and that's the first tip. I think a secondary tip to that then is if that's the ground layer and you believe that you think things are going to be good in an open dialogue, it's good to put that open dialogue in particular moments. Like what I've seen, Noah, and this is me and my wife's relationship too, is we'll end up putting ourselves in places where if we're going on date night and the date night is about enjoyment and having fun and, and speaking life to each other, looking at each other with googly eyes about what we're going to do later, mm-hmm. like all those things. That's a moment for that. But if we need to have a moment where we need to have a serious conversation, then let's have that moment individually separate from that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, couples get into a place where they're trying to blend all these moments together. And then I've been building up my hostility for a whole month. And now I'm waiting for this moment to let it all out and go all in on my spouse because I'm having an issue. No, out of empathy, it would be like, let's have certain moments for certain times left. Let's have them regularly. Right. So that way I don't end up being in a place or she doesn't end up being in a place where we have all these things built up because out of understanding your spouse, true empathy is practicing. Okay. I know that not only do I want to put myself in another person's shoes, but I also want to put myself in a place that if I'm going to bring up issues and problems that I have, Let's me, let me pick one issue, one problem, and also let me have a time that they pick one issue mm-hmm. and one problem. And we deal with that thing to find some level of, of level playing field and being honest so that way we can ground and support each other in that moment. 
like all those things are key, you know, in regards to walking those things and, and how you can apply that, those things out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Toba, you can welcome our third interviewee to the conversation if you'd like, if you want to introduce to the to the flip side audience here. Flip side. I would love to introduce you to my daughter. She's running rampant right now. So if you hear baby talks and the color yellow being screamed nice. uh, through, <laughs> throughout this podcast, it is Olivia. She did not sleep her whole um bedtime all right all right well welcome <laughs> olivia we welcome any contributions that olivia uh makes to the podcast so thank you yeah thank you. my i i forgot to tell you guys my three-year-old brooklyn is upstairs right now her daycare is closed for two weeks because oh, no. they had a they had like a covid kid you know oh, no. case there they had to close down for two weeks so so yeah I, I, it's been a fun couple weeks of uh working from home and so we maybe we'll get a fourth, you know, a Listen. fourth contrib- contributor soon if she comes downstairs. So. Let's just make it a family affair. That's right. Let's just, let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Toba, uh, did you want to add anything to what Sam said about the uh, just – you know how, how how do we how do we talk through those those sort of hard conversations and and working on the empathy and humility piece? No, I think you really touched on it. I think just having the conversation, we yeah. we can't be afraid to disagree. Yeah. And I know in marriage, not for when we first got married, I was like, I don't want to have an argument. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a disagreement. It's not a yeah. You don't want to argue. You don't want to have a yelling match. But in order to get things solidify and to um, settle some things, you have to disagree. But you have to learn how to disagree and how to not you know go below the belt, but how to express yourself and um, come up with a solution. I think a lot of times disagreements, you know, remain unresolved because there's no solution. I think when you have in mind, like we're having this disagreement because we need to come to a solution, a compromise, not to hurt your feelings, not to say that I'm right and you're wrong. um, It's really for the betterment of our family. And so just don't be afraid of those hard conversations, because normally if you do it correctly, you'll find things out about your spouse that you didn't know. And then you'll know for the next time to keep that in your toolbox to say, hey, I know they don't like this. I know, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of ticks them off when I do this. Those are learning experiences that you learn from during disagreements. Yeah. 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 And and I'll add to that, like, you know, me and my wife, you know, we'll watch various churches and various men of God, women of God speak and teach on certain things. One thing that really hit us over the past two months was there was this person by the name of Robert Madu um, out of Social Church Dallas. Um, and he said something, he was speaking at a particular church one day that really hit me. He said, pride hides, even though often cases we think humility is hidden, hmm. pride hides. Mm-hmm. And in that frame of thinking, you know, what I got from that was, in the context of marriage, you know, out of humility, sometimes we think that, well, my wife or my husband doesn't need to know or doesn't need to, I'm just dealing with this by myself. In the same way, many cases when we try to deal with things by ourselves, we often disclude God. And if we disclude God, we're only going to actually also disclude our spouse too, in many cases. (laughs) And so in discluding, it's like, I'm trying to handle something that I don't believe either grants the worthiness of being a topic of discussion or something that I just need to deal with by myself. No. Yeah. Marriage in many cases, you're bringing an individual context, but once you're walking into oneness, 
your spouse should be able to help and support you and navigate things just like God helps you support and navigate things. That's why the two become one. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that process, man, humility often cases is I'm not going to hide or be hidden in things that I want to need, want and need to be revealed, to be helpful for our relationship as well as my own relationship, because I believe you'll help me heal just like I'll help you heal yeah. in things yeah. that we need to work through. And so yeah. those things are really important, man. Yeah. You know, something that I experienced recently in my marriage that relates to this is you talked earlier about how, you know, you talked about the idea of trust. And you, you when you start asking that question, uh, you know, essentially you're, you're, you're questioning the character of your spouse. You know, you're, you're going, you know, does my spouse really have my best interest? I know some listeners might go, well, that might be nice if you have a spouse that has your best interest. But here's what I was doing. I think this is what happens. And it's a downward spiral. When, when you don't talk about this stuff, like when you, when you don't get it out on the table, it stays in your head and it festers there. And it's really not like any other, it's a very uh, psychological fact, right? When stuff just stays in our head, it festers. And what I was doing is I was creating a caricature of my mm-hmm. wife that wasn't actually her. And I, and I was attributing negative traits to her that weren't actually true of her. I was making assumptions about her and her motives and her heart because yep. of the way I was just uh, interpreting and experiencing you know, some external things. And then it's a downward spiral because I had created that caricature of her as, you know, fill in the blank. She's this, she's that, she's this. Then when those things would happen again, it would just reinforce that caricature. And then you go, I don't want to talk to that person about this stuff. I don't want to put this stuff on the table because they're like this. They're, you know, you fill in the blanks of the caricature that you made. and. What I found, and some of it was even through this recent round of marriage counseling, was the exercise. It's it's actually an exercise of talking about this stuff, of talking about your you know the stuff you're resentful about, and doing it in a in a in a way that uh, doing it in a way that's helpful, you know, doing it in a way that's loving and helpful and empathetic. Um, I listened to the audio book of a book called Nonviolent Communication. That was a really good book my counselor recommended for me. And, you know, it just gave some tools and tips. They're out there. There's tips out there on how to just talk in a way that, that can be received. Because uh, I think a lot of times we just shout at each other. My wife and I aren't really shouters, but we certainly are. Uh, we're debaters. We're lawyers. That's kind of how we how we talk through things. And it doesn't end well when you do. But But anyway, my point to all this is I love what you're saying. And I think it's... It's something that, man, couples really need because I know I really need it. And I think it just looks different in every relationship. But it's a simple principle of talk about the hard stuff. And right. when you do, you know, you, it gets out on the table. And, and in my marriage, it's, it's what allowed me to empathize with my wife. She was able to share with me uh, where she was coming from, why she was feeling the way she was feeling. And I do love my wife. And so I, I was then able to go, oh, that's why you feel that way. That's why you do things that way. And it changed that that caricature that I had developed, you know, yeah. it evaporated. Uh, but I would also say this is an ongoing thing. I don't think it's a one-time thing. I think it's something, you know, you have to, it's a muscle you have to keep working and, and practicing uh, in a marriage. So, 
man, thank you. That's that's some really, really practical, helpful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, man, like, whether you call it a caricature or you call it voices in your head, <laughs> we all do it, man. Yeah. We all have these moments in our lives where we, where we believe, you know, our spouse is one way we think, especially if we if we hold things in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, extroverts and introverts may do it differently, but we all hold things in, you know, and in holding those things in. You know, when we don't share or, 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 or give voice to certain pieces, in often cases, you're right. We begin to say and believe that a person is a certain way and we don't give them a chance to express because even in seasons, seasons often shift and change in the course of marriage. You know, you're married seven years, you're married 14 years, you're married 21, 28, the seven year cycles of marriage. And like in those seasons, as people are changing, expectations are changing. Uh, people's bodies are changing. All these things are happening. And so imagine a marriage that's been together for 20, 30 years, and you have all these things that you never, never was willing to converse. And when you get in that moment where you finally let it out, it's empty nest in your household. Most of these people you're hearing are, can't make it through COVID and are getting divorced, are going mm-hmm. through these issues and problems because they haven't really conversed and talked about the things that are needed to be said. And so going back to the younger marriages during this time, it's like there's a huge encouragement from, from yourself, from us, from others who are in the world of media and podcasting to be like, yo, have some conversations, even if they're tough. Make sure you put them in particular moments. Yeah. Make sure you put one issue at a time. Make sure you have some resolution with it or come to some agreement on what it is. And then navigate that thing so that way you can keep it moving and keep growing. Because the worst thing in marriage is to stop growing and to feel like you're by yourself. You know, And in those moments where you feel like by yourself, Often cases, it's not that you've gone unheard, it's that someone else is listening to you and giving you the attention that you need. And then, therefore, an affair happens. Right. And right. so, you know, we can have affairs, not just with people, but we can have affairs with information and with something else that we fall in love with. And then all of a sudden, we've now coming out of a place where I want to be with someone else or something else, mm-hmm. but not my spouse because yeah. they have my attention. So, so many things that come from it, bro. Yeah. That's huge. Tova, do you want to jump in on anything for married folks before we we're, I'm going to transition us over to to our single uh, friends out there. Uh, any last words for for married folks? Nope. Just do the work. Do the work. Prepare, folks. Just do the work. Marriage is is great, but it is work. Yep. So if you have to put in the work, so get to yeah. work. Get to work. I love it. That's and that that's such a good a good word. I, I think especially for Christians, I don't know. We we feel like we've got God, we got the Holy Spirit, we got we love Jesus. You know, it's all going to be good. It's it's like, nope, you got to do the work too. <laughs> right, Jesus yeah. had to do work. Everybody, we all got to do work. Jesus had to do work. You got to do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk let's talk about singleness. Let's talk to our single uh, friends, our single brothers and sisters who are listening. I think often, th- and I'll, and I'll be honest. L- let me let me give this a quick a quick preface of where I'm at with this. I get I get um, I feel I I feel for single Christians particularly. I think often in the church we we make marriage uh, maybe even an idol. Uh, we or we we certainly can fixate on marriage as if it is 
the only thing uh, in churches. You hear a lot of sermons on marriage, not many sermons on singleness. Uh, and, and, and one thing for me, I got married very young, but when I was in college and single and was really where I was working through my sexual sins or, you know, pornography issues, sexual purity issues for the first time. Uh, the books that I read, the books I was reading with other single guys, uh, they primarily were just written to married guys and their solution, their solution to, you know, sexual temptation, lust, pornography. It was, uh, you know, look to your wife, go to your wife, have sex with your wife. And it's like, first of all, that's not good advice anyway, but that's not what this interview is about. Um, I have a book on that if you're interested, uh, but I'm single. I don't even have a wife, you know, like how can I look to my wife? That doesn't make any sense at all. And, and, and then there, there's often also this assumption that if you're single, oh, you, you're going to get married someday. So let's, and, and, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get it, get it wrong. It is important that we prepare our singles for marriage. So feel free to do that, but not every single is going to get married. And some of that is by choice. Most of it's not by choice. For many singles, it's a very hard, you know, the most difficult thing they wrestle with. And some are getting older and they're going, stop acting to the church like I'm going to get married someday. Some uh, aren't attracted to the other gender and they're Christians and they're, they're, they're following, you know, the Bible's design for sex and marriage. And they're going, okay, well, for me, uh, I can't marry. I can't marry a man if I'm a woman. And if I'm a woman, I can't, I can't marry a man. And here the church is telling me, go get married and all your problems will be solved. So let's talk to singles. But I, I do want to do it with in mind that we have singles who, yes, are going to get married. And let's prep them for that. And other singles that aren't. They are not going to get married. And, and, and we, we have to have a path in these conversations that they are whole and they can live a full, a full life and, you know, have a full, a full part of the church. So that's my rant. That's my rant on singles, but I love my singles. And, uh, I just, I hate it when, uh, when singles get, get alienated, you know, in these conversations. So, and I know on your podcast, you talk to singles and talk about singleness. So let's just kind of open it up. Uh, what, let's just start with what, what do you want to say? What do you want to say to singles, uh, that are listening in on this conversation today. Yeah, I would say singles live in this season because once you get married, this <laughs> season is over. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, it's listen, being able to wake up when you want, to feed yourself when you want, if you want to eat McDonald's every day of the week, if you want, to pick up and go on vacation if you want, to sleep in if you want, yep. to... You know, so many decisions and I, I, the Bible even talks about what transpires like now, you know, the Bible talks about your time belongs to the church, meaning you can do, you know, your, your community service, you can work in ministry, you can do all of this in your single season. When you get married, your time, your body belongs to your spouse. You no longer are your own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I just say, instead of hoping and wishing that you were in another season, enjoy the season that you're in right now. Because when you do get married, you're going into another season. Then when you have children, you're going into another season. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. enjoy this season. Live it to the max. We have a ton of single female friends 
um, that are like sisters to us and they all want to get married so bad. And I understand the culture that we're in being in church is, is pushed down your throat. Um, but I always tell them travel, learn yourself. Um, because when you not saying that when you marry, you don't have time to learn who you are, but at that point you have to learn someone else as well. You have to learn what they like, what they do. Take this time to really focus on you. Let's talk about self-care. Take this time to self-care and self-love on yourself so much that when somebody comes that is attracted to you, they have to put in that same effort to catch you at, for women. I only can mm -hmm. speak for, mm -hmm. for, from a woman's perspective. You know, take that time to really know who you are so that when you are joined with someone in marriage, that season, you like, I know who I am. You can clearly express your expectations. You know what you like and don't like because you've taken that time to self-learn and to self-love. So what I say to singles, especially single women, enjoy this season, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What about you, Sam? Yeah. You know, I think being single, and I'll talk about my experience as well as just in general, being single is literally being a learner of the academy of you. Being a learner of the academy of you. Because if you think of yourself as a, let's just use some, let's use this university language. Like if you think of yourself as like this person who is an institution and in your institution, you have so many things that are guiding you. All this information, all this knowledge and wisdom, this experiences that you have, the context of your entire life, these things are always like teaching you about who you are, what you believe, your identity, your core values, all these things that should matter. And at the end of the day, like whether you get married or you desire not to get married, how much have you really, in a sense, become uh, um, honest and true about in terms of who you are? Mm -hmm. Because so many people, single and married, struggle with the aspect of who am I at the end of the day? And the time that you have to invest in yourself during your single stage is a time to just truly learn yourself because who wants to get, here's the problem that we often see in marriage, just connecting it back is people get married and they don't even know who they are. Noah, mm -hmm. they have no idea. They have no idea. And they're waiting for their spouse to come help explain and give them value when they should have been seeking value for themselves all along. Yeah. And I think that in those moments, man, it's like, the academy of you really is this aspect of, you know what, I'm going to take time and get through all my traumas. I'm going to take time and get through all the experiences where I didn't feel like I was enough or maybe I felt like I was more than enough. I'm going to get time to take time to work through all the context of my life, right? The things that informed me, the things that I, I, I loved, the things that I did not love, the experiences that I had with people that I dated, the people that I, I, I fell out of friendship with and relationship with and take time to synthesize that data. Take time to synthesize me. And then as I go about the core day, as I go about the course of my life, my career, my, 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 my first house as a single, whether it's, you know, me moving and traveling from place to place because I would love to be an extrovert, whatever those things are, taking time to almost sense mature in that mm -hmm. it, it it helps you grow so that why so, so that way whether you decide to get married or not you have come to some level of of maturity 
of this aspect of this academy of who you are. So yeah. that when, when someone comes alongside, if you want to get married, they're like, yeah, I've got I got to invest my entire life into this person. A la marriage. I'm investing my life into this person who understands who they are. Or if I'm not going to get married, I'm going to fully continually invest in who I am and what I believe I'm called to do. So that way I can leave a tremendous impact on this world, my community, my family, and enjoy what I do and be good. Yeah. yeah. But it takes time to do those things in that individual single season, bro. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's huge. I, I, uh, I hear you saying, and I just, I just shared this with our, our young adults, uh, two nights ago, most of whom are single, um, in my pastoral role. And there's a myth out there that, marriage will make you whole, you know, this, this, that myth of you complete me, the Jerry Maguire line, you know, you complete me. And, and, uh, man, you know, I love looking at Jesus's example of singleness and Paul's example of singleness and just going, they were whole, like they were whole people as singles. Marriage doesn't complete you. A spouse doesn't complete you. And you're talking about doing that work, you know, doing that work. And and there's a huge spiritual component in that work as well, that you are a beloved daughter of the father. You are a beloved son of the father. You are a whole, whole person. And and uh, if you get married, that's awesome because you can bring that whole person, you know, to another person as a gift. And if you never get married uh, like Jesus or Paul or many, many others, uh, you're still a whole person. You still have that whole gift to give to the world your 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 love tank is already full because it's full from the father you know given to you through jesus that's huge and that takes work right it doesn't it's i don't i don't mean that as a sunday school answer i mean that as a you know that that takes work and tova you were you were hitting on this too on living your life i think the biggest thing for singles is don't isolate yourself you know and especially we learned this in COVID, right? But I mean, especially today, it's so easy to just binge on Netflix, play video games, particularly for men, uh, just just binge out on te- on technology, uh, social media, even you know where you you've just you like I'm single, I'm not married, and so I have to isolate myself from from community. It's going to look different for different people, but man. That's my number one advice, especially, you know, single guys struggling with pornography. Uh, there's there's lots of ways to attack that. But one of the main ways, don't isolate yourself. Be in community. Be be disciplined about your community. Like, make yeah. sure, you, you know, yes, be in a church small group. But more than that, you know, be 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 walking with people, do, doing life with people and, and initiate it. You can be you can be the initiator. You don't have to wait for people to call you. You can call them. Um, I just think that's so big. I think that's so big. So um, that's big stuff. Well, hey, let me let me give you one uh, kind of last the the last word. What what would you uh, what what do you want to say to uh, to listeners uh, about anything? About it could be about marriage, about singleness, about about walking with God, about life, about business. Um, let me give you each a last word before we sign off here. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just say for both married and single, enjoy the season that you're in. I think so many times single people wish they were married. 
And then some married people be daydreaming, wishing, thinking about the good old days when yep. it was just them. Yeah. I would just say embrace the season that you're in. Um, I think COVID taught us so much that life is so precious and life sometimes is but a vapor. You hear today, some people say mm-hmm. here today, gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Some people here today and gone today. Yeah. And you want to maximize on every moment of the season that you're in. If you're unmarried, maximize on that get your credit together build relationships with your family do the don't wait to say i'm gonna wait till i get married to do this no live in the season that you're in and marry folks we married we in this thing now have fun live life go Mm -hmm. to counseling be proactive instead of reactive going to counseling isn't because always it shouldn't be because you at the end of your rope because at that point most people want to throw in the towel anyway. Yeah. Just go once a month just to have a third party just sitting, help with your communication skills. Just be yeah. proactive instead of reactive and embrace the season that you're in. Don't wait till the kids graduate and you're an empty nester. Do what you need to do now and enjoy your season now. Love it. That's great. I, I kudos to my wife says she covered the spectrum. Last thing I'll just say, and this speaks directly to our married couples, um, even those who are married and trying to figure out how to navigate life right now in this season, like don't be afraid to have evaluation in your marriage. You know, you hear jobs, businesses talk about evaluation. Some people are scared of evaluation Mm -hmm. because for them, it only talks about performance and people have performance anxiety all the time. And so in relationship to evaluation, it only means that, you know what, because I love you, I want to know how I'm doing. Yeah. Am I, am I, am I pleasing? Am I the the man or woman of your dreams that you first might've thought of? Am I reaching the expectations that you gave me? You know, asking your spouse evaluative questions by season, whether it's quarterly or during anniversary time, me and my wife do it during our anniversary. Um, it's helpful. So that way you can always check in and know, you know what, what do you need from me? How can I serve you? How am I serving you? How am I supporting you? And asking those questions, even though you might get a whole bunch of no's, it only helps you know and be empathetic towards what is my spouse need now, mm-hmm. not just what they needed before seven, 15, 20, 35 years ago. What do they need now? Yes, yeah, huge. You know, and I think that those things are key. Love it. Sam. Goes by Sam, Samuel, just don't call him Sammy. <laughs> Tova, Tova Hello. and Olivia. Say Olivia, the three of you have been wonderful. Oh, there she is. <laughs> there she is giving her last word. Right. I love it. <laughs> yes. Tell, tell us all about it, Olivia. Tell us all about it. That's a, that's right. a good tell word. Him, tell him it, the real truth, girl. The real truth. Tell me all about yellow. <laughs> tell me about yellow. <laughs> now she's singing. I love it. I know. I, I now she's it. just showing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if listeners, if you want to hear more, check out the business of marriage. B I Z business of marriage. To hear more from Sam and Tova and maybe Olivia. I don't know. I don't know. You can check it out. You can, you can, you, you, nope, she doesn't make it out of the business of marriage. Maybe someday. 
Someday she'll 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 get on there. She'll be the heir apparent. Thank you so much to both of you for joining me today on the flip side. Uh, it was so great to have you. Thanks. Yes, it was awesome. Hey, thanks, Noah. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Welcome back to the rest of the podcast. That was a super fun interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And as I said, check out The Business of Marriage, B-I-Z, wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe. Uh, give some love to Sam and Tova. Leave a review. Speaking of reviews, leave a review for the flip side. You know what's crazy? Here's a rant. I'm not even to Noah's rant yet, but here's a pre-rant rant. Here's a preseason rant, a warm-up rant. iTunes makes it so hard to leave a review. You should get a prize. You should get a gift card if you figure out how to leave a review on on iTunes or if it's not even called iTunes anymore. There's another rant. Stop changing the name of everything. Apple Podcasts. Just call it iTunes. Leave the Apple Store, the iTunes Store, the way it was. Stop changing things. I'm an old grumpy, grumpy old man. I'm an old curmudgeon. I don't want you to... I hate change. I really do hate change. Here's another rant. I got all these rants coming out of my ears now. These aren't even the rant. When when Facebook and and, and Google, and, and well, not really Google because it's different, but Facebook, iTunes, when they change their format, I hate that. I know where everything is. Why would you go change the format when, <laughs> like, are you intentionally trying to try and just be cruel? Hey, everybody everybody knows where everything is. It's awesome. Watch this. It's, it's like the ant farm that you shake up you know let's <laughs> watch us just mess up their lives for fun because we're cruel evil maniacal maniacs okay that's that's basically uh my take on 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 itunes changing all the time i hate it i like the itunes of 15 years ago we just sort all your songs and artists and it's all right there i don't even know how i started talking about this I just got into rant mode, and I'm not even to Noah's rant yet. I haven't even given the warning for intelligent, mature, well-balanced people to stop listening at this point. So, so, so this is your warning. So Noah's rant we do uh, not every episode, and and there is still an ultimatum out. If you want more Noah's rant, you need to tell me. You got to pay for it. You need, I, because this <laughs> Noah's rant. I gotta go take a nap after I do Noah's rant. And so you got to pay by emailing me and telling me that you want more Noah's Rant. And you can send me your ideas. I am open for ideas. I'm recruiting a uh, writing team. So so send it in. And Noah's Rant, it is utter ridiculousness. I do not have an anger problem. I do drink Angry Brew coffee, which sponsors Noah's Rant. I do not have an anger problem. I mean, I do have an anger problem, but that's not what anger is. That's when you hear me ranting. I really am okay. I really am. I really don't think this is how you should solve life's problems, except that I do, because that's what Noah's rant is. So it's it's sarcastic. It's stupid. Uh, most intelligent, mature, well balanced uh, people, enlightened people. You know, you you you'll turn on. You want to turn the podcast off. We'll see you next time. But if you keep listening from this point on, not my fault. Don't send me your your emails about about how horrible of a person I am. I told you to stop listening. I'm the kind enough person to tell you now, stop. Just just, just click pause, click stop. Don't listen anymore. Okay, so if you're still listening, totally your fault. I, I wash my hands of this. It is not my responsibility in any way, 
shape, or form. What happens next? Noah's rant. Noah's rant. All right, so for real, let's get back to Heather's email about about being a nurse, the colostomy bags. For real, for real. Okay, I could never be a nurse, first of all. I could never be a nurse. I the blood, oh man, for real. I don't like seeing my own blood. I don't like seeing other people's blood. I don't even I gotta be careful with this Noah's rant, because Noah's rant does have standards. Noah's rant does have boundaries. I mean, I seriously try. I try to not make you want to vomit from listening to Noah's rant. Yes, I do have a nine, seven, and three-year-old. Yes, we talk a lot about poop and farting and diarrhea at my house. There's many jokes around around these subjects. In fact, speaking of that, did you know if you have an an, an Alexa, an Echo Dot, if you ask Alexa uh, to make a fart sound, I highly recommend that. I highly recommend you ask Alexa that, especially if you have children. It is it is fantastic. It is so fantastic that somebody programmed in the plethora of fart sounds that are in Alaska, Alexa, Alexa. But I try to keep it a little bit clean on Noah's rant. But today we're talking about nursing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because here's the deal. And this is not an anti-nurse rant. This is a pro-nurse rant. I I often go through my normal day not appreciating nurses, not appreciating what they do and, and what they do every day, let alone with COVID going on and how hard their jobs are and how thankless their jobs are. So, so Heather wrote in and she's a nurse and she talks about how, how <laughs> I'll just, I'll, please don't get rid of Noah's rant. They make me feel like there's another person out there who does this when I go over and above about the colostomy bag that just appeared in the supply room. So there's some kind of commentary going on at, at Heather's Hospital about the colostomy bags. They're they're having a, a Heather's rant moment. Maybe maybe there's I don't I don't know. I'm not a nurse. I'm not in on this this inside information about the the color commentary, the play by play of it goes on as various. Uh, colostomy bags enter into the supply room, but let me just say this: uh, I, I, and then look, I'm not, I'm not knocking you if you're ill in a patient and you have a colostomy bag. Uh, please don't cancel me, cancel culture me. Uh, that that I'm talking about colostomy bags. You're blame Heather. Completely her fault. She's my writer, uh, and and. Look, it's just not a part of my normal world. I don't go through my day thinking there's supply rooms in all of these hospitals <laughs> filled with colostomy bags. And and that nurses, hardworking men and women like Heather, have to deal with these things. They I mean, I don't I don't want that job. I'm just telling you right now, I don't want that job. I, I, and, and, and nurses are very, very hardworking people. They're on the front lines. And, and this is what this rant's about. Nurses don't get enough appreciation. Nurses don't get enough thanks for the jobs that they do to keep us all healthy, to take care of us. I don't know how much nurses get paid, but whatever it is, it should be tripled. That's just this rant's about. If nurses get paid fifty thousand, pay them one hundred fifty. If they get paid one hundred fifty thousand, pay them four hundred fifty thousand. Whatever you make, I want you to go to your your boss at the hospital, whoever that is, whoever runs the show, 
and uh, have them listen to Noah's rant, of course. They probably already have, but in case they miss this one, uh, have them listen to it and, and just let them know that I declare all nurses should be paid triple. Whatever you're paid, triple it. That is what you deserve that you have to deal. You might have to deal with my colostomy bag someday. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds in my health. And I can't even imagine what that experience would be like for you. And, and whatever, whatever thanks you're getting, whatever appreciation you're getting, whatever, whatever like baked goods people bring to you to tell you thank you, it all should be tripled. You're amazing. You do a wonderful, fantastic job, and and slackers like me go through their whole life without thanking you for the incredible job you do. So next time, nurses, when you're out on the battlefield and you're comparing colostomy bags or you're doing all the crazy, gross, nasty stuff that you have to do, may you think of Noah's rant. May, may your heart be warmed. That, that we are, I am ranting on your behalf, that we are here to make the world a better place to bring Jesus' kingdom here, his, his kingdom come, his will be done uh, in those hospitals and in those supply rooms and, and in your life. So I think we've done that today. I think we have made the world a better place. I tell you what. I am so glad I give that warning and disclaimer for all, uh, you know, high-functioning, mature, uh, you know, educated people to turn off the podcast. I'm so thankful I do that because otherwise I cannot imagine what those people would think of me and this entire podcast. It's unbelievable. So with that, check out beyondthebattle.net if you want to join a seven-week small group with me. And I will see you next time. On the flip side. The flip side with Noah Filipiak is a South Francis Press production. Copyright Noah Filipiak. www.noahfilipiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. Use with permission. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Y'all, y'all, dripping in that gall that don't perish. People selling fake, see the green around their belly. Taking refuge in his hand, see his poems, my living quarters. Close them when I'm finished, it's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory, cause you're in or you're out. When you see him in the clouds, then you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Freedom, freedom, freedom.
coming quickly Bars from the spirit Put it through the preamp and mix it like a chemist Put it in the airwaves and hoping that they hear it If there's some confusion then I hope you see him clearly Raise them, raise them, raise them They've been sleeping for some ages Not all God's babies so confused by this hatred Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list Money probably long but sure it's with your daisies